Dr. Fine, how are you? <laughs> Calling Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Alex? I'm okay, Chris. How are you doing? We're doing well. Alex Simmons, Chris Ryan, tell the damn story back again, ladies yeah. and gents. Yeah, you know, boy, when he puts it like that, you know, I, I feel like there should be a band. Da, 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 da. Uh oh, wait, we're gonna have to pay royalties. Uh oh, oh, yeah. Well, I only did thirty seconds. I didn't even do thirty seconds. So it's okay. We're good. It's like you know, like if we were rappers and we, what do they call it? We sampled. We sampled the tune. There we go. It was a semi-sample. Yeah, yeah. Something, something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, here we are. Here we are yet again. And uh, this time we're gonna jump almost right into it because we got so much to cover. Um, Chris and I do a lot of this thing of you know, where we talk about the things we talk about, and then out of that comes ideas for the, 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 the various writings that we do, the various shows. And this uh, one that we're doing today uh, came out of me asking, I believe it was me because he asked a bunch of other things, me asking if um, do, do kids and family films and, and, and entertainment material, uh, does it matter anymore? And, and, and actually also what is meant by family friendly because to some right. degree people sort of cringe when you say oh it's a family film so they say oh that means it must be like sappy or lame or whatever so what what does that actually really mean so when i threw that question out there a whole bunch of stuff started coming up and so chris i'm going to let you pilot this one you know as we pull away from the docs well um let's talk about family films first um i think uh they go in areas that um, are a little surprising. If we go back a little bit uh, and talk about Coco for a minute. Um, a drink or the, the cartoon character? Uh, it was the uh, Disney film um, or P Pixar film, I think it was. Uh, the Mexican. Um, oh, oh, see, you, right. you know, this, 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 is a, this is an age thing. Right, right. Back from the inkwell comes Coco the clown. So, okay, no, so this is yeah. this is last summer, and it was a young kid wanted to be a musician. For ah. some reason, his family did not want him to be a musician, mm -hmm. and he actually went through the land of the dead to get yes. to his tradition and get to his to acceptability that people would allow him to do what he was meant to do. Um, and it's a beautiful kids family film about death and and serving the art being true to the art you know uh god bless the mexican day of the, you know the, the tradition the day of the dead and all that stuff um they were uh, kind of was a great canvas to talk about being in touch with your roots and where your stuff comes from it was the brightest death movie that I've ever seen you know and one of the things about Disney is that they have the ability to create family fare out of material that is really dark Bambi Bambi's mom dies Dumbo is about humiliation Mulan shows the most beautiful mass murder ever shown on film you know she has the one arrow and spoilers if you haven't seen this movie in 20 years, right? Uh, and she shoots the one arrow up into the mountain, causes an avalanche, and decimates the Huns in beautiful Disney quality art. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, family fair, sure. And it's I think it's as big as ever. 
Um, I don't think I'm ever going to think about that movie the same way again. <laughs> it's amazing. It was the first movie I took the kids to, uh, me and T, and um, that was what struck me. I love the movie. I, I love the character Milan. It's still one of my favorite uh, Disney kids films, but it's got the most beautiful mass murder ever, ever committed to film. Um, and it's that idea of being able to tell stories and tell stories extremely well you know, Disney and Pixar and, and, and the like, their story structure is crystal clear and on point. We're about to see another example of that coming up, I believe it's this weekend, when The Incredibles 2 arrives. Uh, that's right. In- the Incredibles, which you know and I know, is recognized as the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah, yeah. I have no problem with that because I still think uh, Antonio Banderas's Zorro film is one of the best Batman films ever made. So. Oh, I agree. I agree. You know, it's so, yeah. Yeah. I, I get, um, it. I get I, it. I think what we're going to one of the things I'm excited about with in, in the Incredibles two is that we have gone through so many dark. Uh, superhero movies, right? Mm. Um, all of the DC movies, with the exception of Wonder Woman, uh, were very, very, very dark. Uh, it's fascinating that Wonder Woman is not caught in that trap, even though she literally walked through no man's land during World War II, one of our mm. darkest points in history, and yet. It is the, uh, the the script and the direction and the, the filmmakers and the actors bringing a, a life and a, a, a vivid energy that that lifted us out of that hellhole, you know. Well, they let they let Wonder Woman be what Superman is supposed to be. Yes, and and yeah. I just wish that DC would let the characters be what they want to be, but I I won't. I won't blame DC because my belief is that Warner's, you know, they still treat DC as the stepchild and they're not realizing that they have mega million dollar franchises if they just respect the material. If they stop putting their thumbprint on it and just oh, let them tell. I was imagining something a little bit longer with, with the same thing, a number of toes, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, they put their, yeah, yeah, they put, they need their mouth, in their mouth, their children listening, yes, they (laughs) put their foot in their mouth, yeah. But it's, it's very dark, and even though we had Ragnarok from Marvel, Thor Ragnarok was very fun and very colorful and bright. It was followed up by uh, Infinity Wars, Infinity Wars, which is everything is earned in that movie. Everything, the humor is earned, the darkness is earned. That's how you do darkness. You you build it up so that it's a payoff. It's not just we're going to be dark, you know. Um, but that's there. And, and, and Deadpool, as much fun as Deadpool is, it's dark humor, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then comes The Incredibles 2. And I think we're going to get a shot, a, a jolt of a brighter energy. And I think we could use it right now for many, many reasons. No, no doubt. No doubt, no doubt. So I'm looking forward to that, and I think uh, that I think families are going to flock to that. You know, it's coming out. Uh, uh, I think Father's Day is this weekend or next weekend, or something. So it's coming out right at the right time. You Consider know, for fathers, we should know that. Should we should know that, or or we should be so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't need to know because yes. we're satisfied just being us. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. I don't think we're going to be able to sell that land. <laughs> that piece of property, it's, no. You know, it's, it's a perfect movie for Father's Day because, you know. Uh, it's a family film. Family film, and it's a superhero film. Dad, right. you know, come on, Dad, take us. You know, there you go. So yeah, I right. think I think that's a good example of how the family film and the younger children's, you know, it's still, it's still happening and still bright. Um, I want to segue because um, the thing that's really catching my fancy lately, uh, that's a weird way to say it, or making me obsessed. How's that? Ah, that's, more, okay. that's much more honest, Alex, um, is uh, there are two projects. One was 13 Reasons Why season two and the other one, and that's from Netflix uh, or on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's a fantastic study on what we're about to talk about. Um, I don't know that it's a, a perfect series or a perfect season, but there are elements that are fantastic to to see. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and the other one is um, it's called Impulse, and it's from YouTube Originals. Uh, YouTube. Banner, isn't it? I mean, it's a new banner. I think it's it is an outgrowth growth from YouTube Red. There, it's going to if it's trying to hook you into uh, subscribing to that channel, and uh, this one really has a lot of merit. So we will get to that. But uh, let's talk about thirteen reasons why. Um, it was originally a book because hey, all the good things are originally books, right? Um, and uh the first season was about the material in the book which was there were um 13 tapes or 13 people that the uh person hannah uh who committed suicide spoilers um she talked to each one of them of how they contributed to her getting to that level and uh, that first season was a startlingly uh, frank look at suicide and what contributes to suicide. Uh, we are a society now that, uh, according to um, a weird, here's a weird source, Penn. Uh, Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller was recently interviewed and uh, he claims that we are now a society that takes our own lives in more in larger numbers than uh, murder, which is uh, I would love to see the, the, the numbers on that. Yeah, but, just yeah. the, but just that concept was striking that it was enough for someone to even look at that as a possibility was uh, surprising to me. And it came at just the time when I started watching season two. So it was on my mind. Um, and I'm not doubting Penn. I don't want him getting mad and, and uh, disappearing me. Um, but, you know, <laughs> poof, you're a, you're a pigeon. Um, and Tella won't tell us where we are. So um, yes. that was ridiculous. So s- season one is all about uh, uh, the events told by a suicide after the fact uh, the events that led to her suicide and we find out that here is a a community a school community um, where there's cliques and peer pressure and uh, sex abuse and uh, sexual harassment 
and bullying and rape and uh, holy cow, uh, you know, the people who made it said they did a lot of research, but I, I work in a high school. I don't know if this high I mean, I'm sure a lot of things happen in my high school that I are not, I'm not privy to, but just the sheer weight of all this was just hard, hard to take as all happening under one school, but for the narrative, sure. Um, and when I heard they were making a second season, I thought it was crass um, cashing in on suicide, which is cynical of me. Um, and I have to apologize for that because I've watched the season now and it's an earnest attempt to go where narrative very rarely goes. You know, what happens to those left behind? Mm. You know, what happens after a suicide and after the funeral and they're left to put the pieces back together? You know, what happens if the pieces don't fit so well? And here we have another 13 episodes where that's explored and the ongoing bullying and cover-ups and this and that and the impact it has and how it twists the different characters is uh, harrowing at times. Um, There are some plot holes that, you know, my wife and I were like, but wait a minute. Um, But overall, it's an honorable and admirable uh, attempt to continue the discussion that it's it it seems to me so many teenagers are hungry to have um and before and after eight each episode they're saying where to get in touch with people that you need if you know if you're being harassed if you feel suicidal if things aren't here reach out talk to somebody and all that stuff and um one of the things they do is there's a 14th episode where the cast talks about the work and and its impact on them and what they were trying to say and um, even the villain of the piece is, shows up to try and show people that that's not how he really is. Yeah, uh, that's not who I am. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm an actor. Yeah, but you know, you, it, it's it's good storytelling to you know get up at bat and take you know swing for the fences. Um, you know, not everything is Shakespeare. Let, let me, and let me, this definitely is not, but it is neither is it pap, you know. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't sound like, like, like you know, so much filler for television time, you know. Um, I just wanted to say a, a couple of quick things, um, before I add to this. Uh, you were talking about being a, a, a teacher in a high school and, and, mm-hmm reality versus the the intense fiction that was placed in the fact that or the belief system in the fact that all this stuff is happening at this one school that was a little hard to take and i had two reactions as you were saying that one how much teenagers don't say to adults how much they keep within their world because for whatever reason and i do remember what it was like to be a teenager for whatever reason either because of insecurity or peer pressure 
or the, the naive belief that nothing happened before we got here, so no one older than us will understand, uh, there is a whole subculture and a whole series of things that go on within the teen realm that very many adults just are not privy to. Oh, and yeah. some of it, you know, some of it is just growing up stuff, but some of it is very, you know, difficult, hard, crazy, stupid stuff. And a lot of my work with, with kids in schools, different types of schools too, not, not, not one, but many, um, the things that I've learned over the years, uh, I can identify with, with not being clear what to do, but knowing something has to be done. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that level. And the other thing I was going to say about that is, is that's that's my comment in terms of reality. In terms of in terms of TV fiction, uh, that high school setup made, re- reminded me of several TV shows. One of them being Heart to Heart. Uh, and he's like, how the heck is he making that connection? It's a uh, if anybody on this show, uh, anybody listening, remembers that TV series, it's a wealthy husband and wife uh, who every week somebody they knew got killed or robbed. I mean, so the, the, the bottom line after the second season was you don't want to know these people because right. something's going to happen to you. That's it. Within their universe, if you're a friend of theirs, you're doomed. You know, within, within um, Murder, She Wrote, Wherever Jessica is, don't be there. You know, either in her own hometown or anywhere else on the planet. If she's there, leave <laughs> because bad stuff's going to happen. So I think that you know sometimes because we are watching a compressed medium, right. you know they will put all of these things in oh, yeah. central location, and I get that. I I get that as a storyteller. I understand. That. And and I will say this. Uh, about that in 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 defense of um, thirteen reasons why um, there was a suicide in uh, uh, my school about fifteen ten fifteen years ago um, mm-hmm. one of my students and um, it rocked all of us mm. uh, trying to figure out what what signs and signals we missed and uh, what it meant and different students taking it in completely different ways. And um, it was something that lingered and that, uh, a matter of fact, uh, the next year I was directing plays at the time. I directed Tommy's The Who or The Who's Tommy um, about, you know, it's really about isolation and and, uh, trying to break through that uh, in honor of her, you know, so I was still working it out Mm-hmm. year afterwards um so there's merit to this second season and it ties in with what you're saying as far as you know uh uh teens having their own communication system and and it's separate and apart from um adults because uh especially i felt this year in uh high school there was a larger cutoff uh, between adults and uh, students because they have several communication systems in their pocket, you know, via their uh, cell phone. Uh, This was the year of the Parkland shootings and protests after that. And we wound up with not one, but two very separate uh, um, um protests going on the same day 
because circles are so uh, insular now that they can develop and and talk crap of each other and the, the school not know, you know, um, they we gave permission to do one thing or another. But as far as what was happening behind the scenes, um, it was surprising how completely cut off they are from us or we from them. And we have been building bridges since then and all that. But um, that's represented really well here. There are a couple of times where, you know, as a, uh, a, a kid who grew up in a cop's family and as a uh, detective or a crime writer and thriller writer, there's several times in 13 Reasons Why where you say, just go to the authorities, just go and tell somebody. But from a, t- a teenager's point of view, who can you trust? You know, right. because they, the adults keep assuming something else. They keep assuming the worst or keep assuming that the kids don't know anything. And that's why they get cut off, you know. Um, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that, um, you know, keeping, not keeping as in we went away from it, but <clears throat> let me see, more connecting. Again, storytelling and the themes that we're talking about. Uh, I hearken back to a comic book series and then two TV series, uh, and not necessarily in chronological order. Uh, Buffy, well, actually, this might be Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, the TV Slayer, series, not, not the movie. Vampire Slayer. Right. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, the, the TV show. Uh, I think it was like the, the first or second season, uh, the, the major threat was this king vampire, if you will, who literally, literally was in a cave underneath the town. That was the first season. Sending out, sending out his, you know, his minions, and they would attack people, and of course, and making more vampires. And there's eventually, I believe it's the second season, there's eventually this, the, the, the confrontation between Buffy and, and this, this super vampire who, who basically beats her. He, 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 he oh, conquers. yeah, that is the second season. You're right, yeah. Right, he conquers her, and and she's trapped there, and she's she's a victim, and it's this whole thing that she goes through, uh, and eventually, in a spoiler, this how many years ago was this series? So eventually, she gets out, and she she kicks his, and it's it you know the, the good guys went for a moment, uh, but then for the rest of the season, she is hell on wheels with her friends. Right. She is just she's just rotten to people that she loves and who have been there for and who just went through this heck with her to 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 you know to deal with this. They were by her side. They had her back, and she is horrible. And I'm I'm watching the show. <clears throat> I remember watching the show and going, "What is your problem?" You know. And and then it hit me before before the reveal before it was ever said, and it wasn't really said, it was implied. But what I was watching. Under the surface, the subtext of the story was that she had, in, for all intents and purposes, been raped, mm-hmm. and she was she was dealing with being a victim, even though yes, yeah, she beat the guy in the end and all that stuff. The scars, the trauma was still there. Right, trust was gone, weakness. She had felt helpless. Blah blah. All those things were there, and I, I started to add them up. I went, "Holy smoke!" I didn't realize that Whedon had woven that in as the subtext until I took a step back and looked at it and went, son of a gun. Yep. So I think within the medium, there are ways that these types of topics have been 
placed in certain stories, but you know, we're now in a time period in our media right. where we don't have to wait when somebody's being jumped at the, you know, when a woman's being forced into a situation, suddenly the camera pans up to the window and the wind starts blowing the curtains. And, you know, it, it, it's not, it's more graphic now. It's oh, more yeah. in your face. And then the other thing I'll say and they, is, and they have more purchase, the uh, more license, more, uh, yeah, yeah, agency, yeah the, more agency. And that's credit to Joss Whedon. He was really one of the well, we, we art, was, architects of that. Whedon being on that storyline is why that that whole thing worked. Um, I think that that could have gone so many ways south had certain other people I can think of been in charge. But moving to the comic book world for a moment, um, uh, Archie's Afterlife or Afterlife with Archie, whichever it is, uh, which is basically The Walking Dead meets Archie. Mm. And and and, and then, you know in the past Archie zombie stories or vampire stories or whatever was all cutesy stuff, funny stuff, silly stuff magic potion, a bad dream, whatever. This was serious, just like some of the things they're doing now. This is Stone Cold serious. The dead are walking, and some of our favorite characters have become a part of them. And if that wasn't, and I'm saying this not from putting anybody down, just simply saying, if that imagery for someone who grew up with Archie in the other realm was not disturbing enough to, to look at and have to adjust to, to realize I'm really reading you know, Night of the Living Dead, Walking Dead, and all these other dead things. I'm really reading this happening within an Archie world. They took a different approach to some of the characters and I guess in a way decided to explore certain relationships between young people that we all, as adults, know exist among some people. Or we might have even joked about it because of a panel or two here or there that we might have noticed somewhere in an issue. But there's a brother-sister thing that they did, which I won't go into any more details on. And I went, whoa, okay. You know, and again, I'm sitting there reading and I'm going, okay, he's handling it well as a writer, but dag, like the gloves are completely off. You know, so this is another realm where, okay, the permission is there. We are going in. We are going to deal with this. We're going to put this right out there in the medium. And then the last thing I'll bring up, which is um, less negative you know, or, or less uh, harmful or less uh, uh, unsettling. It's not even unsettling like these first two is I've been watching, you know, the first season of Black Lightning. And if anybody's watching the second season, OK, I'm behind. But in watching that, I think the strongest thing about the series that I really enjoyed, the thing that really stuck, stuck out for me, was the family relationship that they worked on as, this, as the episode progressed. You know, father, ex-wife, the daughters. But watching the daughters starting to identify for themselves first and then dealing with presenting who they are, what they're feeling to their parents, and then also the sisters going back and forth between each other was, was it, I, at least I felt like, okay, it's not leave it to Beaver here. You know, we've got, we've got, um, you know, for, again, for those of you who already know the series, we've got uh, a lesbian relationship and how that's being dealt with, not between the sisters. Okay. But you've got that being dealt with. You've got relationships, uh, virginity, you've got um, uh, feeling cut off and isolated. You've got racism. You've got all these things happening within there. Some of them are universal themes. And some of them are specific to uh, an economic or racial status in this country. And so once again, media is saying we can take on all of these subject matters now. 
because somewhere there's a platform for it. If you can't do it on the Disney Channel, you can do it over here on Hulu or Stars. You know, so just somewhere there's a place where we can do whatever we really want to do. And then the question becomes for me is how well do you do it? Why are you doing it? And are you serving the story? Are you serving and actually trying to help people deal with these issues? Or is this flavor of the month? Yeah, and I and I think uh, in the last piece that I wanted to uh, mention in this new series, Impulse, um, which I'm when a friend told me about it, I thought it was the DC character. Oh yeah, Flash family, right? Yeah. Um, here is where they they do superhero, just like Whedon did. You know, the metaphor of high school is hell, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why all the demons and the hellmouth was over the high school and all that stuff. Um, and I did get some of the identifiers, season one, season two, wrong before. I apologize, apologize Buffy fans. But here you have um, the show Impulse, where they really seriously take the idea of getting superpowers and grounded in the reality of sex abuse being new and strange in high school, um, broken families, uh, half sisters, um, all of it, uh, you know, how messy our lives can get and how difficult sometimes it is to to navigate mm-hmm. you know and this is again set in a high school um it is intriguing how well they balanced the the difficulties and the uh isolation and the the uh, the pain of adolescence with the discovery of uh, of powers. And it goes wrong. They don't have control. Just like teens don't really have control of their bodies and don't have control of their confidence. And, you know, things are growing all over and, and they're experimenting with what look is right and, and, and what is cool and what is not cool. And, you know, it's that first... It's kind of like that that chick that pokes its for its beak out of the egg, and mm-hmm. it's got to see what's outside and doesn't know how to navigate any of it, you know. But but in done in a gritty, realistic, um, you know, fantastic but realistic, um, respectful way that gives amazingly gives equal weight to the teen angst and the sex abuse and the uncontrollability of being an adolescent as metaphor uh, or the superpowers as a metaphor for that. Um, again, it's another window into, we want to study this at a level with a clarity um, to details that we may not have dealt with before because we're not under the thumb of the major networks, you know, 
Yeah, I, you know, I will, I will play devil's advocate here, and I will say, um, I'm sure that within the myriad number of programs, shows, books that we've mentioned, that mindset is is definitely wandering among the townsfolks there. But my concern is also that the other mindset that's out there is sex sells or this will sell or this is, you know, like I like that you said, and I believe you, you said this was what the show 13 reasons why that they have that commentary episode where there's real dialogue, where the actors step forward and so forth and so on. And then, then they give um, resource, you know, numbers or websites or things that people can reach out to after watching, you know, a show, they, you know, if they feel like, oh man, you know, I, I've, I'm going through this or I've gone through that. And then you see, oh, if you have, here's, here's some place you can maybe go to find more information to talk about or whatever. And Impulse does the same just thing. Add to that. Uh, Impulse does, does the too. same thing. Yeah. Okay. So those are good things. And, and what I find interesting in terms of the timing is that earlier today I was on the web and one of the things I came across was the Sandy Hook Promise. Uh, website. I was doing some research that, that eventually led me there. And I was reading some of the material. And it's sad that that folks have to actually lobby to convince anybody that gun violence against children, it, there's no excuse for it. You know, I'm sorry. You know, it's sad that that has to be. But one of the things that, that is on the website, uh, aside from, you know, uh, uh, resources that people can reach out to and so forth, uh, is uh, a video, a 30-some-odd-minute video talking to people who, who lived after this, who, you know, who are dealing with life after that horrible scenario. Mm-hmm. And it is very much the reality that many of us should take some time to think about because we have sort of a, a television mentality, and, I, you know, again, not knocking TV, it is what it is, but... You know, it used to be for many years, within 58 minutes, the problem is presented, wrestled with, and solved. Okay, next week, new problem. You know, the hero gets shot in episode one. By episode two, it's never mentioned again. So, you know, there's no aftermath. There's no dealing with. Some of the shows that I like that still play within the more tame arenas of television storytelling uh, do deal with ramifications of an action. And that even sometimes seasons later, something still comes back to bite somebody on the butt because of. So I, I respect all that. I just really hope that as these venues begin to just march through those areas, those sensitive areas, that it's not just bull in the china shop, hot topic of the month, let's make some money mindset, that they realize that you're stepping on people's nerves here. You are you are bringing up material that has happened to other human beings who are still here or those who survive and are living with the loss of those people. Right. Right. So I would, yeah, I would hope that the mindset is, is in there predominantly. Well, I will we're say that. Going on and we're trying, we're going to try and give you some things that may help you deal with it, or maybe just seeing it will help you realize you're not alone. I'm hoping that that's a big part of it. And then I have something else I want to say, but I'll say it after you do. I, I would I would say for both of these, um, the handling of of this subject matter, while maybe not delicate 
has been even-handed and has been uh, honest to the point of um, disconcerting. Mm. In these materials, I don't want to give away, in the materials that we're talking about, this different shows we're talking about, there are um, points where the good guys don't win. The white hats don't ride in. You know, it's not a neat, clean bow on top. Here we go. Everybody smiles. And I think I respect it more because of that. And mm-hmm. and that this is not the sexploitation or, um, or um, murder porn that other areas of entertainment have been. Um, and I think that's probably why I wanted to bring them up because they do have, while imperfect, they do have more merit than, you know, some of the other stuff out there. You know, some of my students were again talking about the purge. (sighs) You know what? We saw that years ago in one episode of Star Trek, you know, when it was um, festival Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they could all do anything they wanted for one day. These guys have ripped off that idea for a series of movies that are basically murder porn. And I hope they're pissed at me for saying that. But, you know, <laughs> I, I think I think you the audience deserves more than that. Um, it is what it is. Uh, and I think that you get um, an attempt at more uh, uh, more service to the audience and more uh, service to the social problems in some of the titles we talked about today. And if I'm wrong about Purge, I'm looking forward to hearing about it in the comments section below so I can get an education. Um, and if you're right, we can hear that too. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. But I think there's the, enough um, material that we've mentioned in this episode uh, to send people off to go and find some stories and see how some of the people are telling real real issues that are affecting yes now so what to round this all up before he hits with the with the closer line which i love you know um <laughs> once again chris and i are, are a thousand times and 101 percent about as we've said before serving the story serving the characters telling blah 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 uh and and i think from this episode one of the things that that rises for me is the question that we started out with uh, in effect is you know um about family films and so forth so to me do we need family friendly films and tween films uh and do we need the more mature material to be seen and found in teen films and shows and books and so forth. In other words, do we need a, a, a wide diaspora of telling the human tale, you know, of what humanity is, good or bad? Um, do we need it evenly, or 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 does it need to swing more in one direction than the other? I, uh, I we think need more um, multiculturalism. Well, that's that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> but I mean, in these kind of stories. I want to, you know, I want to hear 
and see and experience the versions of these tales, the truths that are held in the other neighborhoods, the different neighborhoods. Well, actually, again, yes. And I think like the shows like The Wire and some of these other shows, uh, Chai, you know, there are shows out there that we can definitely explore and look at. And, and, and the question then becomes, do all these stories have to be told in separate components? Like you go to an Italian restaurant for Italian food and you go to a Japanese yes. restaurant for Japanese food, you know, or can they be told at some sort of potpourri or smorgasbord of life where we run into the different types of people uh, and cultures and so forth. But still, for me, uh, being, um, you know, someone who came up in the, the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, I look at the material that's available for kids and tweens versus the material that's there for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I feel a, a definite imbalance. So for me, movies like The Incredible, uh, Incredibles, plural, and some of the other films that I can think of would I'd be happier to see more of them. Not to say that, that they need to dominate. I just would like to see some aspect of our industries recognizing that kids don't grow up in 30 seconds or 60 seconds. You know, the fact that you can show a splatter or slasher film to a 10-year-old doesn't mean that they can process that. Right. You know, uh, the fact that you can let them play some sort of highly violent game doesn't mean they know what to do with that information and that experience. And so to me, I feel like, like everything else that a human being learns as they grow and they move through time, certain things should be given to them at certain times in their lives. And I think there should be places where families can go and enjoy things together that's appropriate for the young. And then as they get older, introduce them to that next stage because hopefully they, as social human beings and thinking human beings, can then take those next steps and process them with some guidance and some some clarity and, and, and a base to stand on. Anyway, that's that's how I feel about it. And I think again, you know, whoever is telling whatever these stories are, you know, if they if they please approach it with some genuine dedication to quality, I think that that would make it uh, a better experience no matter who the audience is. And the ones that I've experienced uh, and talked about today, I I think they had, that they have. Uh, okay. And uh, hopefully um, that dedication to uh, serving the story and serving the characters uh, will be supported by the audiences so that better stories continue to be made. Uh, Absolutely. In lieu of um, murder porn. <laughs> and, and, and a few other things we can mention. Words. So and on that note, sir, then you are suggesting that the wonderful creative human beings that are out there go forth and... Tell the damn story. <laughs> Good, goodbye, everybody. Take care, Chris. Peace, brother.